Dawn rises over the plant and the familiar crimson sky reshapes itself. A squadron of helicopters thunder overhead and place themselves daintily on the surrounding countryside. Vygovsky has decided to dampen the reactor core, using the helicopters to drop boron compounds, clay dolomite and lead into the site to stabilize the temperature. They are to be packaged and attached to small parachutes to avoid dispersion in the wind. Nestorenko, the commanding officer, looks upwards towards the network of steel cables above the drop site, silently calculating the risks involved. He's come directly from Afghanistan. Twelve hours earlier, he had been stationed in a battleground, and it's obvious he would rather remain in a tangible conflict than be placed in this alien landscape battling chemical releases. The hazards would make each passing incredibly dangerous for his pilots. Navigation through these wires would be intricate. Sheets of lead have been transported in, and these will have to be secured to the underside of the helicopters to protect them from the powerful blasts of radiation. There can be no predicting what effect this would have on the stability of the craft. Had he designed the exercise to test the expertise of his men, he couldn't have devised anything more difficult. Soldiers are spread wide across the next field, attaching tiny parachutes to the cloth packages that will be dropped. Their uniforms are combat-worn, scuffed and ripped, details such as buttons or badges missing. Grigori and Vasily asked to be included on one of the initial flights. They have been soldiers too. They know how these men think, and they understand that having members of the official delegation on board will serve as an expression of solidarity with the troops reassuring them and anchoring their leadership through more difficult times to come. The colonel advises against it, but they insist. When the first helicopter is sent up, the whole field stops and stares, watching it thread its way through the smoke. A cheer rises up when the packages are dropped. During the six months of their military service, the two friends spent countless nights on their own, supposedly learning battle simulation tactics but in reality just being cold and wet and more than a little homesick. There were many days when they were sent from the base with a map and compass and a radio with a faulty connection to dig in for a few nights. Vasily called these the filler nights, when the commanding officers obviously hadn't planned any training activities, so they just sent the recruits out into the wilds to give themselves a break. Grigori and Vasily carried their ustavs, making sure the pages never got wet and they set about memorizing every page, which was more an ideological ambition on the part of their commanding officers. But they were still young men, both eighteen, and they had a burning intention to do this well. They concentrated on the sections they were most often quizzed on, the sections on uniform and dress and appearance. They could both still quote copious amounts of the text. The fly of the trousers shall hang at a perpendicular angle to the waistband. The teeth of the zip shall remain free of foreign bodies and should be attended to bi-weekly with a toothbrush. The crease of the trouser should begin at the midpoint of the thigh and not deviate in its line to the end of the leg. They indulged in this sometimes on drunken evenings. Vasily's wife, Margarita, became so familiar with their incantations that when she heard the first words, she'd lift the dishes from the table, carrying them to the sink as an amused rebuke. When the friends met, they both had a year of medical school behind them, and their brains had been attuned to learning difficult Latinate terms, 
so their ustav was relatively straightforward by comparison. But all their learning never improved their situation. When they stood to attention, their sergeant would still find flaws or would invent some, and their knowledge, their readiness with an answer often made them look arrogant, and so after they'd waded through the first sections they skimmed past the rest, happy with a more generalised knowledge, more knowing now, more aware of the absurdities of military practice and decorum. These were all the nuances they'd picked up before their training turned to -to hand-to-hand combat, and this created a new phase of study where they'd test each other's technical accuracy by striking the poses captured by the line-drawing figures in the pages, imitating also their facial expressions, the nonchalant gaze or cold-blooded fury of these basic illustrations.